0: Boys to Cinnamen episode uh, 34. Yep. 34. 34. Hope you're well, wherever you are, whatever you're doing.
1: Yeah. This week... The Expend Four Bulls. Expend Four Bulls. A lot to talk about with this one. I Yeah. I mean, I, well, I'll reserve my opinion for it for when we discuss the film, I feel. Uh, but it's opened up a bit of a can of worms, I think, mm. in my brain that was festering although I I think I feel like you have a bit more of an affinity for these kinds of films not that you necessarily enjoy them but I think your knowledge of them is a bit broader than mine so uh, I am interested to hear what you think I can see you've got quite a hefty selection of notes there oh yeah you know me mate (laughs) yeah
0: no I think you know it is um, an area of film that interests me a great deal yeah Uh, the area of course is straight to DVD films because even though Expend Four Balls (laughs) Uh, had a pretty meaty theatrical release and there was a lot of sort of marketing material for it yeah the film feels like a essentially a hundred million dollar straight to dvd experience yep so <clears throat> basically that's just an opportunity for us to talk about straight to dvd films mm. um, what a sort of curious phenomena they are yeah uh, also about the career of sylvester stallone mm. uh, as he is the film's star uh, not so much in this one, spoiler. But sort of generally, he, more generally speaking, he's the sort of standard bearer of this franchise, isn't he? So,
1: I mean, he directed the first one. I mean, yeah, he's, he he kickstarted it all effectively. It was his sort of brainchild. Yeah, and it's odd that his presence in the new one is pretty minimal. But yeah, there yeah, go, strange. Mm. Shall we intro? Should, should we, should we, shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Shall we? I don't know. Shall we? No. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't worry. We yeah, will. we are. Please. Yeah. Don't go. Questing the cinematic
0: void. So then, uh let's kick things off with a little chat about Stallone. Ooh. <laughs> uh because as mentioned previously in the intro, he's the sort of standard bearer of this franchise. essentially a walking cultural phenomena.
1: Yeah. Really. One of the one of the few that has had... I mean, one of the few kind of actors whose career has been pretty steady in, in the sort of that in the within the action genre would yeah the exact actual sort of sports drama yeah because you got someone like Bruce Willis who kind of ventured into more dramatic territory yeah and then you have someone like Dolph Lundgren who ventured into straight to DVD territory <laughs> yeah yeah you yeah. know same with like Steven Seagal but Stallone has always kind of remained afloat I, he I has guess. I mean his later <clears throat>
0: career he's definitely he dabbled more with straight to DVD style stuff yes yeah uh, but I think you're right I think you know, alongside Schwarzenegger, you know he's the mm-hmm. sort of biggest and most recognizable action star of all time, yeah probably. yeah yeah, definitely, uh, I think they're probably on a level or, uh, maybe I don't know how would you quantify that, but yeah he's a, he's an interesting guy, I think, Stallone. <clears throat> I want to sort of start this discussion by talking about his sort of first movie, Rocky, yes, which he wrote, yeah uh won an Oscar for, I he did, yeah, 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 um, and I think that's something that's interesting about him before we start to talk about his beginnings. You know, when we consider him retrospectively as this sort of action star, who's obviously been you know lots of good stuff, but a fair amount of shite as well.
1: Mm, yeah,
0: um, shite that in its own way can be entertaining or just plain shite. Yeah, we tend to forget that there's obviously you know quite an intelligent, thoughtful, creative individual there. Really, oh not yeah, not to heap yeah. too much praise on him, but
1: no, no, it's a really interesting story how he got Rocky off the ground as well. Like it really was rags to riches. It was genuinely mm. from nothing. And it's such a, you know, for for Stallone, considering his later career, it's such a sensitive film. Yeah, <laughs> it's very emotional and emotionally grounded, mm. which I think is interesting, because it that that side of him did disappear I mean, at least from a career perspective. I think absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not as
0: important for the sort of uh, philosophy of the of the action film. Yeah, certainly the kind of action films that he became embroiled in. Yeah, So you're thinking like late 70s or mostly in the 80s where his career really took off in in that regard. Yeah, And of course, sensitivity was not a trait that was particularly considered aspirational, certainly within the guise of action cinema. Mm.
1: Um,
0: So yeah, I think you're right with that. What's very interesting about Stallone and and Rocky, it's interesting that you point out that sort of rags-to-riches element because before even... Deciding to do this episode, I've seen, like, I was watching quite a lot of interviews with him, and he was just talking about the sort of writing process of Rocky. And even by his own admission, it's quite clear from the outset, obviously it's clear because it came from his mouth, but... You know, he wanted to make a film that sort of countered what he viewed as the cynicism of New Hollywood. Okay. To go back to the values that made America great, sort of hard work and never-say-die attitude, and a belief that if one has these qualities, the American dream will sort of pluck you from mediocrity. Okay, right, yeah, yeah. Um, And I think that's what sort of makes him who he is and and also is something that is very much embodied in the the Rocky franchise. Um, It's obviously a little bit more, I think thematically speaking more powerful in the first film because like, as you say he really went from living in his car to like a yeah. hollywood name within one movie yeah know? so there's sort of like a meta uh, narrative mm-hmm. there you know mm. but yeah i just find that really interesting that he obviously he's around this sort of new hollywood age where directors like scorsese and all that sort of stuff are making films that are a lot more introspective and critical of America, aspects of American life from suburban life to its foreign policy, domestic policy and the impact that has on uh, fringe societies, minorities, etc., etc. et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Rocky is sort of, obviously these are all incredibly important films, by the way. No, no. Yeah. But like Rocky is more about that sort of like, you know, that, that sort of unabashed love of the idea of the American dream. Yeah,
1: yeah which is yeah became was becoming like increasingly rare and was probably a big breath of fresh air for audiences who you know so there's going to be a side to the sort of the general kind of public that it wants to see those kinds of hopeful messages and i don't mean hopeful because obviously in the first one the idea isn't that he wins right that's no. like not part of it at all <clears throat> nonetheless there must have been a hunger for those kinds of themes because as you say the 70s. Was it the 70s? Mm. Yeah. It was marred is the wrong word because they're great movies but they were a lot more um, just negative really. Uh, Presenting a quite a a bleak idea of America.
0: Well yeah I mean I think obviously after old Hollywood collapsed so did their sort of stranglehold on the sort of what filmmakers could make films about. So mm. I think it's foolish to say that filmmakers before, in the era of classic Hollywood, weren't being critical, because they were, but they just had to be clever about how they went about it mm. through the lens of the studio system. Whereas in the 70s, that had all gone. There was a new hunger for a more sort of, a cinema that better reflected the time, and it wasn't just a cinema that was bogged down and these, what were largely considered old-fashioned, very conservative traditional values. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that, that Stallone sort of sees this and thinks no you know I don't want to make a film about that yeah but weirdly and I think it's sort of credit to him and because uh, you know I, I fucking you know, the first Rocky's great oh, yeah, yeah. like you know it's a film that embodies a lot of those values that I think a lot of sort of like more archetypal classic Hollywood films would have embodied but it does it in a way that as you say there's still a sort of d- a sort of dirt to it and yeah. grit to it that mm. It doesn't feel like you're sort of being aggressively moralized. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, I just, I do just love the fact that it's not about winning. I've saw, I can't remember what age I was, but I was young enough to be swept away by it. I think. Yeah, and I've seen it like three or four times since, and it does, it does hold up like on rewatch as well. Yeah, just, totally. Yeah, even some of the sequels are pretty good as well. I like the third one. Is it the third one with Mr. T? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was pretty entertaining. Rocky Five didn't really work. Uh, no. That that's I think that's pretty universally recognised as being mm. shite. And it took, what was it, 15, 20 years before Rocky Balboa came out? Yeah, yeah. Which I watched on a plane and I really didn't get on with, actually. Right, okay, And I haven't seen it since, but I liked Creed a lot. I thought Creed was great. Creed was good. Mm. I think
0: Creed was a great reinvention of those sort of ideas. Yeah, yeah. With and with, with, a, with a sort of a, a, a fresh lead. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I mean, Stallone was great in that. I mean, we talk about modern performances in his slide into straight to DVD realm, but I mean, he was Oscar nominated.
1: Yeah, in that yeah, film. yeah. And he was uh, great. It's like I think Creed is all about being humble. Like, there's a bit at the beginning where he's, you know, the whole thing is that he doesn't want to live up to someone else's legacy. In this case, his dad. It's like he wants to become his own, like th- almost. Start at the bottom and work his way up, mm. and there's still like a slight delusion of grandeur. Like I remember the bit where he bets his car on uh, him winning a match, and it obviously doesn't win, and that's like a moment of you know him getting humbled, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just I think Creed's great and it, a good reinvigoration of that franchise. I thought
0: I absolutely agree. Yeah, mm. obviously after the original Rocky, obviously things open up considerably for Stallone, and I think the role that would garner as much success, or indeed be as iconic, is Rambo.
1: Ah, First Blood. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, we, we talk about his transition into, obviously, sort of more, you know, straight-laced action films in the 80s, which Rambo did ultimately become. Yeah. But the original Rambo, I mean, I am quite embarrassed to admit, but I only watched this the last few years. I don't, I don't think it was that long ago I watched it for the first time. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, um my expectation of it going in was very much sculpted by the films of his career in, in, in the 80s. Mm. And I, what I didn't expect to get was a really sort of powerful and, and sort of meditative study of the veteran experience. Yeah, yeah. And, and not just, because I think, you know, like in that period, in that time, Vietnam, Vietnam vets are coming home and there's obviously a lot of anti-war sentiment, chiefly sort of, pushed by younger generations Mm. not exclusively but you know for the sake of keeping this discussion (laughs) 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 uh lean but what's interesting about rambo is that he's sort of coming home and he's out in like rural america you know traditional values america yeah and even they reject him yeah it's almost that sort of rejection of trauma yeah, you know, like n- nobody wants to know the trauma that he's endured mm. whilst out in, in service. Yeah, you know? yeah, and I think like it really would pair well with like Paul Schrader's s- sort of stuff around that, like mm. obviously Taxi Driver, and even films like Rolling Thunder that sort of really seek to explore the the, the veteran experience and how isolating it, it-, it is. Yeah. Um, and the sort of the sort of wholesale apathy towards that experience is what really drives the film. Obviously, it, it takes, you know, it becomes more of an action movie as the film progresses. But I was really, it really, it really sort of shocked me okay. how powerful
1: that, all that sort of thematic stuff was. I think it's for anyone that hasn't seen it but is aware of the franchise is entirely, it's expected to, for you to kind of think, oh, it's like an action franchise about it, like gunishment, yeah. <laughs> effectively. And it that, it, you would, yeah, you could be forgiven for thinking that the first one is no different, but certainly in the first half, it really is. There's, it gets quite hefty and quite deep. Um, and that is almost always forgotten. Like, even in the way it's marketed nowadays with like a lot of, you know, the re-releases and stuff, it's, it's packaged in, with the inferior sequels, uh, including like the 2008 remake, and then there was another one, wasn't there, recently? Like, uh, was there? Yeah, there's been a few. Oh, like, yeah, yeah,
0: there's one where he's like um, living in the American, America, the Midwest, or something. Yeah. So, so, I I might, that might be wrong. Maybe, I think it's him taking
1: on the cartel, right? Yeah. Something uh, like that. I can't, yeah, that's it. Um, at, Maybe. <laughs> that's <laughs> I don't like, know. Super, super violent. Um, It was rebooted twice, so you have. Rambo, well, I have First Blood, then First Blood Part Two, then Rambo Three, then uh, Rambo again in two thousand and eight, yeah. um and then Rambo Last Blood in two thousand and nineteen, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, that, that any kind of semblance of new, <laughs> nuance is gone, and it's repeat, yeah. you know, yeah, it, yeah. it's like like you say, he's venturing into the straight to DVD ish territory, and kind of. Flogging the the dead horse, right? yeah, yeah. I think particularly the the latest one didn't really make much money either. So I mm. it's a shame, really, because there's some, like you say, there's some great ideas in the first one that that, that get fogged by what the franchise eventually became.
0: Yeah, yeah, mm. that's a, yeah, that's a good way of putting it actually. But, but I mean, there, you know, his two main things, right? I mean, yeah. And it's interesting, you know, when you sort of talk about that. Idea of his, you know, his his franchises always seem to get rebooted, or the sequ- there's always sequels that are very consciously aware of, yeah, you know, or, of you know, like realigning the type time, you know, the timeline, or, or like harking back to original values or whatever. So there's, there's there's it's obviously very conscious.
1: Yeah, I find it really interesting that he's always up for it as well. <laughs> yeah. so some yeah. actors that have. I think integrity might be the wrong word, because he clearly has a lot of integrity, but he's also up, like, he's always up for it. He's like, yeah, well, yeah, I'll be in it, I'll be in it again. Uh, I don't know if that speaks to his star power, and, like, maybe he feels a kind of almost burden of responsibility to make, you know, to kind of make them marketable as that franchise, if he's the face of it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not like, um, is there a Terminator film without Schwarzenegger? Yeah, like. He didn't want to do. Uh, he Rise didn't want to. Do, yeah, he didn't want to do that one. He ended up doing it because uh, he got twenty million, twenty-five million the dollars third for one? It. that's the third one. Wolf. Then he wasn't in Salvation. That's
0: it. Salvation's
1: what yeah. I'm thinking of, yeah.
0: But then they even CGI him in, don't they? Like, oh, yeah, don't the CGI. <laughs> yeah, he looks like the Hulk. Yeah, he but, does. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was sort of thinking about that sort of transition, you know, in Stallone's career away from those sort of like more ground level, sort of grittier films that. Obviously, you know, Rocky is a sports movie, Rambo, First Blood is an action movie, but there's sort of more thematic stuff going on in both of those movies Mm. that I think speaks more about him as an actor at that point. Okay, yeah. Um, So how easy it is that you get swept up by these sort of genres and they sort of tend to sort of dictate your entire career path. Mm, Yeah. And I think that's really the case with Stallone. Obviously, he's been in lots of extra stuff. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about Cobra. Have you seen Cobra?
1: No, I've not Again, Cobra. I mean, I
0: sort of framed it as if it was different off the beaten track for Stallone, but it's like a sort of really sort of grubby 80s exploitation film. Co-produced by Canon Films. So you sort of get the idea, you know. (laughs) And he plays like a sort of a cop that's just not afraid to... yeah. Just kill everyone, <laughs> okay, basically right. a maverick. Yeah, yeah. It's like it really sort of in classic sort of exploitation style. He really fetishizes like violence and, yeah. and and the use of the, the gun, particularly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as a sort of an extension of, you know, uh, genitalia. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could say yeah. Because <laughs> even there's like a really weird bit in the film and I was only sort of made aware of it by it just coming up on my feed on social media and I was like mindlessly scrolling a few days ago but it's like <laughs> a bit when he comes home from another day of just shooting like six people and obviously just he's absolutely fine about it as you'd expect yeah yeah and he comes home and he opens like a, an egg box and it's just all of the stuff to clean his pistol so he starts to his pistol then he opens a pizza box and there's a singular slice of pizza he takes some scissors and just cuts like a corner off <laughs> and just eats the corner of the pizza and cleans his gun it's just those, those weird sort of thoughtless uh. things I I often wonder if like, the, the director's like actually to be fair you know the director of Cobra's pretty decent it's, um, but it's like and I actually quite like Cobra because I've got a, quite a soft spot for exploitation films but you know I do sort of sort of wonder what the point of those scenes are it's like yeah yeah, like even at home he's a, he's a well-oiled <laughs> yeah. killing machine he's Sorry. got no time for pizza so he just eats
1: it like no time for eggs which is why there's no eggs no yeah but he gave there's... up on eggs a long time ago yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, bizarre <laughs> film I put a uh,
0: po- uh, well just some questions out on the Instagram I haven't done it in a while yeah mostly yeah. just because my memory's terrible and I keep forgetting to do it but a few people have said well Lee said uh, Rocky
1: or Demolition Man? Yeah, we me and Lee watched Demolition Man together at uni. Uh yeah, Stallone and Wesley Snipes. That's a that's a that's a great movie. That's it is good. Yeah, yeah. It holds up. There's some really fantastic action sequences in it and some really well thought out almost balletic chase sequences Ooh. as well and punctuated by real explosions which can't have been cheap and can't have been easy to set up. So like yeah, from a filmmaking standpoint, I was kind of blown away by that film. Mm. I mean, it's pretty shallow, but it doesn't need to be anything else. I mean, the, t- the title kind of tells you all, really. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I was surprised, 90s, but, isn't it? Yeah, 91, yeah. I think. And that's
0: the interesting thing about 90s action films. It's sort of that transition from that sort of 80s excess into the 90s. It's sort of there's a sort of more serious there's a sort of, sort of seriousness to 90s yeah. action films,
1: which I don't think 80s films really have. I think people started complaining about the action films of the '80s being unrealistic in terms of survivability. Right, and I do think there was an attempt to kind of course correct that. With in certain instances, I mean the sequels notwithstanding, like I'm thinking something like True Lies. Oh right, yeah. Really good action sequences and some like amazing miniature work and stuff like that, and it always feels quite grounded, and you feel like the they could have feasibly survived that stunt, for example. Yeah, that kind of thing. To a degree, anyway. Yeah, to a degree. It's still within
0: the sort of within the realm of action cinema. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. No, I think
1: you're right. Yeah. It considered that. doesn't break its own rules, anyway. No. It's, it establishes a, a a degree of force that the human body can withstand and it sticks to it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, betray yeah. that idea. Um, that's why I always think about true lies, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Wrong actor, but whatever. <laughs> yeah.
0: <know>. yeah, <laughs> it. Dale said, the newer Rambo. Oh, really? 50-cal scene is golden. I mean, it is... My memory of it's not altogether that great, but you're right that the sort of, certainly the newer Rambo films, this, as in like the 2008 one and the 2019 one, really sort of hammer home the gratuitous nature of the violence and their marketing, yep. and, and just in the films in general.
1: Mm. Um it does treat it treats humans a bit like blood bags yeah like limbs falling off I think that's the scene he's referring to yeah, 50 just, yeah I scene. do remember that
0: scene it just sort of it is burnt into my mind as just what I just remember thinking fucking hell
1: this is yeah it's gritty and the blood's real as well I think they got uh, Stallone got a lot of shit for using CG blood in the original Expendables so he probably maybe even had it in, written into his contract of you know Ooh, using extend, real blood. Expendables
0: 1's 2010
1: is it? Mm. Ah, okay. So, are we talking... We're not talking Rambo 2019. We're talking Rambo 2008. 2008. Right, okay. I got mixed up there. Interesting. Maybe he discovered CG blood after Rambo. Sorry, not... To- Maybe, no, 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 it's <laughs> fine. I'm, I, just I'm, don't, I just don't want our adoring fans to turn on us, you know. He, oh, God, no. Not after uh, the shitstorm of the mistakes we've made in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Can't walk down the street without getting recognised. No, yeah, I just. (laughs) Things get pelted at me. Yeah, yeah. Bags
0: with dog feces. Just.
1: (laughs) It's a bit like the 50 cow scene, actually. (laughs) It's it's not blood, it's. uh, (laughs) 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 Anyway. Sorry.
0: Uh, No. I mean, yeah, I just think there's a real fetishisation of it. It's almost like, you know, like, and I think this is where the, the franchise and Stallone as a whole starts to go down that straight to DVD approach and I'm not saying that like action films have sort of ever been particularly famed for having a considerate view of the application of violence because if they did it it wouldn't work as a genre yeah you know the morality of these films is always going to be questionable and shaky but it it really seems to be sort of like indulging that sort of thoughtless violence to this sort of eighth degree yeah Uh, and that's sort of something that's very part of the parcel of like straight to DVD you know action films
1: yeah it, it it's kind of what you come to expect from those films is like an escape strange it's a strange way like version of escapism of just like watching people get dismembered by explosions
0: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: i mean if it i guess there's a sort of uh it's commendable in the sense that if you it's difficult to make look realistic so pulling that off can you know if it it works on screen then it's kind of interesting in that way but also there's a kind of torture porn aspect of it i think which is slightly troubling um
0: i think it is yeah i I think like you're right i mean we were talking about this before in the context of um the equalizer weren't we yeah uh, yeah in the idea of washington's character being this hero and mm. yet the way he goes about dispatching the enemy isn't necessarily with, like, ease and <laughs> humanity in mind. No. It's, it's it's not done, like, quick and easy, is it? No. It's done as grotesquely and as gratuitously as possible in a way that suggests that there's an element of enjoyment yes. to what he's doing. yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and that undercuts those aspects of the character that Foucault wanted to shine a light on, that he's this sort of, like, decent guy. Mm, yeah. um, and I think it's the same with Rambo, because in the first Rambo, you sort of feel sorry for him, and the action does get a bit silly towards the end, but again, there's, it's still sort of grounded in this sort of vague sense of realism. Yeah, yeah. And obviously the 80s took Rambo away from that, you know, uh, Rambo 2 in Afghanistan. Yeah, Obviously a very clear and overt message.
1: You know, mm, yeah, you know,
0: about the Reagan sort of administration, his attitude towards communism. <laughs> um, you know, so he obviously became a tool for sort of you know that American cultural superiority thing that so many action films of the 80s did. Mm. But after that, you know, he sort of just becomes, I don't know, like it's almost like, like you say, this sort of there's no real concern about how the violence is going to make him look
1: as a character. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: almost like it's essential that he, he does employ those levels of, sort of sadism
1: yeah, yeah without
0: really addressing why and i think that that's why it, it falls in it starts to slide into that straight to Dvd sort of action film
1: uh base level enjoyment look at yeah. this man's skills kind of thing yeah, it's all, it's yeah. To be about their skills and and this, their skills obviously in this in a lot of cases are like killing people yeah in interesting and grew increasingly gruesome ways it's not Unlike Saw, no, <laughs> Like it no. really isn't in, no, no, in no, terms no. of how the people getting enjoyment out of that. But I feel like the Saw gets bogged down with uh, w- with a lot of a lot more criticism than these action films mm. get, just because it's not action; it's grotesqueness more overtly. But mm. the content's the same, largely. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of any other Stallone films that stick out to me but we've said most oh uh, stop or my mum will shoot have <laughs> you ever seen that I have seen <laughs> he that he ventured into comedy briefly and I think he kind of was very quick to get away from that genre didn't he take that film purely because the, the Schwarzenegger basically baited him into doing it <laughs> if that's I, true that's I, hilarious I'm, I'm, I'm
0: quite because obviously in the 80s those guys you know you, you know, it was either team Schwarzenegger team Stallone right like, yeah, yeah and they were obviously in, in competition with one another. And and I'm pretty sure they offered it to Schwarzenegger and he kept saying no. And I don't know, I can't quite remember how or why he must to duped him into doing it, but I think he did. That's... I'm pretty sure Schwarzenegger got interviewed in one of those like late night American sh- shows. I think it was...
1: It was like General an anecdote, something. It? something, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: But they all bleed into one, those kind of fellas. But um, yeah, and he basically said he must he duped him into it. I think they're, they're friends now, but I think during that period they were quite... Oh, no, really in, yeah because they both occupied a very similar space
1: yeah and probably were in competition for yeah. box office numbers but yeah that film is shit yeah the one i remember looking it up once i can't remember why i was i looked up on wikipedia and someone had edited the box office uh revenue to be 1.3 billion <laughs> and Imagine. it stayed on there for like 3 months i kept checking back i was like it's still there <laughs> Yeah. and then they like put like it was one of the most like um, profitable films of all time and stuff it was so good yeah. yeah
0: that is a brief foray into comedy for stallone yeah <laughs> comedy really isn't his bag no at i don't all. think schwarzenegger so. can sort of do it because i think he has the you know he's again he's not a particularly great actor i would wage to say that stallone is probably a better actor than schwarzenegger
1: got more range I yeah, think. yeah but
0: schwarzenegger i think Can you knows more what he's got and Mm. plays to that? Yes, yes. Whereas
1: I think Stallone, bit more ambitious, is a bit more ambitious, (laughs)
0: and yeah, he's he's not quite as sort of aware. I don't think uh, of of what his limitations are. (laughs) No, yeah, definitely. Comedic limitations are pretty obvious, particularly in the Expendables franchise, and most and especially with expendables for yeah. expendables, <laughs> uh, we'll go on to that later yeah nice um let's talk about straight to dvd films then because i feel like it's quite a nice opportunity to segue in oh so i was trying to sort of do some research around the idea of straight to dvd films and i don't know like it seems to me because it wasn't a great deal of like scholarly work on it and maybe i'm just mm. not looking in the right places i'm sure there is but you know yeah and by research, I mean sort of hastily look at something on my phone for twenty minutes on the bus. But <laughs> um, so you know, the, but you know, I from what I could gather and from my own personal sort of view on it, the title obviously implies that the film skip a theatrical release. Yeah, so that they 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 just think right, okay. There's no point in this film putting this film in the cinema because that means the film has to find its own audience. Yep. If we go straight to DVD it will already have its audience because there's already an audience there that have grown to like these kinds of movies and we can try and sort of recoup whatever amount we spent on this film in that.
1: And they save distribution... Costs exactly. and marketing costs, which quite often can be as expensive as the, as the film itself. Yes, that's so true. So you're yeah, halving yeah. your production budget by going straight to video, and it's you know, the, like Fight Club made most of its money via DVD sales. Mm. Uh, like, something stupid like The Lion King made uh, like almost a billion at the box office, but then spent the next twenty years making six billion more just by home video releases, mm. partially because Disney charged like thirty quid per. Blu-ray, but why Yeah, pricks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the power of home media, which is
0: obviously something that the, the modern landscape is really trying to... It's reeling from not having, isn't it, really? Because, yeah, you yeah. Know, you know, it's such a huge part of the revenue stream and a significant part of the reason why it's so many... You don't see many mid-budget films anymore mm. or studios taking as many risks. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for a long time, that was like... The way that you were going to either it was almost like a second release, but in the case of straight to DVD films, it was their only release uh, mm. and their opportunity to make money because they'd already found this audience. There was no concern about losing any money in the cinema. It was like, well, the people that are going to watch this are going to be people that know what these films are about, yeah. Who they, you know, what they like, and they're going to fucking go for it. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how it, it's changed now because obviously. Uh, as we've said, you know, the digitization of media has had a significant impact on physical media. But mm. if you go on Netflix, Netflix has a pretty exhaustive list of straight to DVD-esque yep. or straight to streaming service, I guess would be the sort of newer term uh,
1: films. So yeah. I wonder
0: if that's, that's sort of happening now.
1: Yeah, no, it is. Um, it's the equivalent and it's even cheaper because you don't even have to manufacture anything. No, that's <laughs> it's true. Apart from like a, a the DCP or like yeah, a f- just a file. Um What a question for you? I because th- I I am struggling to see how these film c- films can have an audience to the degree where they keep getting getting made. So yeah. I guess yeah, like yeah. obviously like based on the sheer number that are produced, they're clearly popular and profitable. So are they partially created to be sneered at? or laughed at or genuinely enjoyed because like clearly there's a market for them and i i want to know why is it almost like the they're trying to be they're trying to be bad right they're trying to be Mm. naff so that people like people like (laughs) us yeah buy them and laugh at them and think how like how shit is it um Is it ultimately them getting the last laugh because we bought it? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Um, Or maybe, I'm sure the actual answer is a combination of the three. But what do you reckon?
0: It's strange you sort of ask this question because I was thinking about this this morning. Mm. Like, surely this industry can't be propped up by irony alone? No, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, and I think whilst it's true that a lot of these films are watched by people like, like us, yeah, to sort of you know, a bit of you know, a bit of lev- a little bit of levity, you know, a bit of fun, you <laughs> yeah. know, because um, there is something about the experience of watching those kinds of films that is far more liberating in terms of the spectatorship element, yeah, you know, yeah. like you don't have to sit quietly, yeah. it's the kind of experience you can invite your mates around or go to a cinema screening of a film like that, mm. and people can just chat and laugh, you know, and it's almost like the audience participation or the levels of audience participation are you know, it's increased. Yeah. You know, like I think about films like The Room, for example. Yeah, exactly. You know, The yeah. Room has become popular because of that. It's not necessarily, obviously it is about the film, but it's not about sort of sitting down and just watching the film. It's about engaging with the film on a different level. Yeah. yeah. Uh, through the collective viewing experience. And I think that is a huge part of the reason why, maybe not a huge part of the reason, but I would reckon I would wager, you know, a fairly significant part of the region why, reason why these films do so well yeah yeah. but i do think there are just people that also just like them and enjoy them Mm. so like even if i mean because because generally speaking these films are are bad right they're 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 often shoddily made they're never really sort of written that well they're never
1: really performed that well yeah they're Uh, just mediocre at the very least aren't they In, in every almost every aspect of its production it's like your coasting, <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And I wonder, I wonder about that because if it's anything that a lot of like low budget filmmakers have shown us, is that you can make good quality films, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, for, for quite nothing. a small amount of money. So, mm. I do wonder if like this sort of deliberate nature of how shoddy they are is part of the charm of them, yeah, yeah. and it's almost like people are prepared to forgive all that as long as the film just hits those sort of familiar beats yeah and i think it has to do a lot to do with familiarity for me is that you know as long as the film's got like a sort of a bankable star either a star that's fallen from grace yep or a, a film star who's very happy to sort of cultivate the space for the straight to dvd mm. think of someone like scott adkins oh right yeah you yeah. know like obviously he sort of bursts out of it occasionally and appears in things like john wick but you know he's made, his bread and butter is straight to dvd action films yeah you know, like, yeah and he's good at them you know like it's not that he's Shit, and he's probably one of the few examples of someone that can actually make half decent ones on occasion. Mm. Avengement, Avengement, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've or, seen that. Or the Boyka trilogy, yeah. or whatever they are. <laughs> or, or there's a few others. I think he did a couple with Michael Jai White. Again, he was someone who's you know pretty comfortable in that space. Yeah, obviously yeah. he's shown with film, things like Black Dynamite that he can, you know, yeah, he can break out. And he was even in The Dark Knight as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's right. So obviously these people can break out and have these little t- these bit part roles in the mainstream, but I don't know. Like I feel like, sorry, I'm not really answering this question. No, 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 no. You no, know, no. No, I think so? It sort of feels like there's the naffness is almost like something sort of comforting to be enveloped in. Okay, and as yeah, long as the film delivers on like the violence, as we talked about here in the context of like the later Rambo, Rambo films, certainly the fetishization of violence, mm. the lack of moral complexity, and a fairly bankable star. Yeah, it almost feels as if people are prepared to forgive those things just for that sort of rush of catharsis.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like it, it, it's it's qual- it's not the quality. It's not quality that the viewers are going to be after. No. as long as there is going to be a hefty amount of violence and cathartic violence. Yeah, I was I always think like also I am um, approaching this from a slightly more cynical point of view. Go on. Uh, film, you know, you know the asylum, the co- company that does like uh, mockbusters. Okay, they're all straight. I think they get aired on Sci-Fi and then straight to DVD after that. Yeah. Um, do you think there might be something slightly almost like they're c- a con? So, if someone who's not really that bothered about going to the cinema, for example, might be, or at least ten years ago, might have been perusing HMV and just saw a film with an explosion on the <laughs> on its dvd case and be like and they they don't know whether it got released in the cinema or not right it? okay. it's almost be getting duped into thinking it was uh you know there's always like a, a quote from like nuts magazine isn't there the <laughs> yeah front. yeah awesome um, equivalent yeah <laughs> yeah and they kind of buy it on the assumption that it is going to be good quality at least or okay, you yeah. know maybe had a bit more money behind it than it actually did i don't know i feel i feel like you know again from a Approaching it from a more cynical point of view, it's it's kind of like the asylums business model of getting people to buy their products based on familiarity to a more successful, bigger franchise that did get a theatrical release.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Certainly with that part, I think you know a lot of these sort of studios uh, are very sort of keenly aware of what's popular Mm. and will make films that you know will just ape it in the worst possible way yeah yeah. Uh, and i think you're right that it probably would be something that maybe the sort of casual sort of viewer who's stumbled into hmv might fall for yeah, yeah um but i think that also boils down to like um people just wanting more of the same as well
1: yeah yeah Because okay. i was
0: thinking about this in the context of you know straight to dvd because there's only really three genres i think that are so Super popular for straight to DVD action, yep. horror, mm-hmm. and animated films. Okay, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like there are so many fucking shit animated films that are straight to DVD, <laughs> yeah. often of like quite big properties as well. Yeah, they just sort of shit them off to some company, and then they just make a really crappy version just to sort of like
1: mm.
0: pump a bit more revenue in. Yeah, or there'll be like animated films that are just blatant rip-offs in the same way that you know, like sci-fi you know, film, sci-fi channel kind of films are. Yeah,
1: Transmorphers. Yeah, uh,
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know, like, it is strange. I, I still feel like even though we're sort of giving some kind of answer towards it, I still don't quite know what it is. No. It'd be great to sort of like, maybe in a future episode, find someone that's really into them. Yeah. And just have like a really sort of like, not like take the piss. just Yeah. Like sort of no. sitting down, like what is it that you like about it? Because... Completely.
1: I'd hate to... I think people would I kind of assuming we're approaching this from like a judgmental point uh, of view because yeah. it's not I mean, like I mean it,
0: we, we we mean we're about to fucking lay into expendable <laughs> expendables for yeah, for sure yeah, but yeah. like like there's reasons for that we'll go into but mm. like I do think there is something quite comforting about straight to DVD films even for me like yeah me and Lee yeah know, oh watched, Lee you know, Lee yeah. loves them and me and Lee have watched fucking loads of them together uh-huh. you know and. <sighs> Like, it is fucking hilarious watching them, and that in itself is quite nice. Yeah. Uh, And I think if a film achieves that, I don't know, like, because there are films that aspire to that and it's obvious.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, uh, I don't know, if there's like a sort of sincerity to it, I don't know, there is something charming about it. I was thinking, like, one film that will always stay in my mind, because, you know, me and Lee often talk about our sort of fascination with classic wrestling. Yes. Okay. And this is something that is huge part of the market. If you think of, like, WWE films, for example. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, a huge part of their revenue stream. And I think what they're banking on is, obviously, they've got these WWE superstars. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what, you know, what they call them. Yeah. And they will put them in movies that are often, like, crude or pale imitations of other far more successful, interesting films. Yeah, okay. Um, but... In the, the, the act of replacing, like, a credible actor with a wrestler who nine, to the, nine times out of ten cannot act, yeah. uh, there's something fucking great about that. <laughs> okay. I'm thinking yeah. of, like, uh, like, the Condemned films, which is basically Battle Royale with Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, or, like, uh, other films outside of WWE, but obviously share the same DNA with mm. the same actor. So a film like Tactical Force... With, with you know, with Stone Cold and Steve Austin, and I think Michael Jai White's in it as well, who again is a sort of straight to DVD mainstay, a fucking talented martial
1: artist and fucking great actor as well. And they're quite often very good at the action sequences yeah. and stunts and do their own stunts, yeah, yeah, to save money and to showcase their abilities, yeah, know? yeah. So yeah, Stone
0: Cold isn't a particularly great actor, mm. um, but I don't know. There's just something great about watching him sort of waddle around. <laughs> And sort of talk just like a wrestler would in a ring, yeah, but in yeah. a film. I don't know. It's strange. But it's interesting that a lot of companies, including WWE, I mean, I don't follow any of that stuff anymore. I promise. Um, <laughs> you know, but it's sort of, it, it uses the nostalgia of, for that that golden age, if you will, of wrestling and and. It uses that that talent in a different way for movies. Yeah, of course, it's really yeah. strange. There's another one with I think it's a WWE film. I can't remember if it is or not, but it's I don't know if it might. But there's it's called Money Plane. Oh yeah, and okay. it's got the Edge. <laughs> yeah, who for one time was a, not you know, the Edge great. from You Too. Right? No, 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 no. <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, Edge versus the Edge. That'd <laughs> yeah. be so good. Yeah. Uh, but it's like uh the Edge and Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer's in it I mean I don't know How the fuck they landed Kelsey Grammer Yeah But then I think he has done Quite a few things like that I mean now he's back In Fraser the, uh, That's right Fraser's Yeah yeah, back, yeah. Isn't it?
1: He's in X-Men 3 Oh yeah yeah So he's
0: got it You know he's got a He's got a sort of His name carries weight mm, Yeah But it's him Fighting Edge On a plane And <laughs> it is That is It is just shit Like there's very little charm About that movie But Oh, oh man yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling, but I just think there is a charm to that, mm. and it maybe it is attached to memory, and maybe there's just something in enjoyment about the simplicity of it. Yeah, um, which I think we can all vouch for.
1: Oh, completely. It's just yeah. a very, very extreme example of that simplicity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um, I f- found a list of some straight to DVD films and picked out the worst titles from them fantastic I've got a few examples here so I'll just read them out Uh, the first one I think is the funniest one Uh, literally it's called Misfire (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah. that's as straight to DVD as it gets yeah yeah starring Gary Daniels who's a kickboxing champion apparently so okay Uh, Backdraft (laughs) 2 I've heard of the Backdraft yeah, films, yeah. yeah. Uh, Attack Force, which is <laughs> Steven Seagal. <laughs> Steven Seagal features quite heavily in uh, a lot yes. of these examples. How can we not
0: have not talked about him? I know. Hell.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's a mainstay. Yeah. Um, uh, Sniper 3, starring Academy award nominator Tom Berenger. Oh, wow, He's also yeah, in like, of course. Inception, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Platoon. Platoon, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Crazy. Crazy. He's it's, in a film called Sniper 3. <laughs>
0: that's an example of, like, an actor who had, like, one... Obviously, Tom Bradge has been in lots of films, but he was, again, someone that slipped into action films and to straight into DVD, like... Yeah. And it's, a lot of that is based on, like, his their most famous roles. So, like, yeah, if you're good at yeah. a war
1: movie once, that's it forever. Do you <laughs> yeah, know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, a Good Man, starring Steve Seagal. Yeah. Uh, excessive... No, he isn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> excessive Force 2, Force on Force. <laughs> That's
0: my favourite. So good, I love
1: that one. (laughs) They managed to get the word "force" in there thrice. (laughs) Yeah, Um. it's a fucking brilliant title. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Mercenary for Justice, starred Steven Seagal again. Of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and finally, uh, I've got Avengement on here, because is just a hilarious title. <laughs> <laughs> that is great,
0: yeah, some good stuff. Yeah. Fuck, how can we talk about Seagal? Oh, right. Actually, this sort of segues quite nicely to what I want to talk about uh, regarding a film recommendation. Okay, go on, yeah. yeah. Um, but we talked about sort of Stallone, but there are some action stars who, you know, a lot of them came to prominence or, or, or rose to prominence in fairly credible films in the sort of late 80s, 90s. I'm thinking like Seagal you know Mm. Under Siege like a fucking good movie yeah yeah executive decision executive decision (laughs) yeah great film title (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and I'm also thinking Jean-Claude Van Damme yeah of course Uh, you know like Universal Soldier yeah Hard Target again these aren't like fucking masterpieces but these are films that are big films for their era yeah yeah yeah. Dolph Lundgren's in Universal Soldier as well hmm um, he's another one, you know, yeah, although yeah. arguably I don't think his sort of his stay in, at the top, as it were, was as as, as long as any of the no, other guys no. mentioned. But, <laughs> and then they just sort of slide into straight to DVD. Yeah, And I yeah. wonder if it's because, like, obviously their skill set and talent set is very limited and they didn't really do what Schwarzenegger did in the sense that he was very self-aware of what he could and couldn't do. Right, yeah. And could play up to it obviously his transition to comedies in the 90s for example is shows that he can he has an understanding of his limitations but also knows how to play to his limitations yeah yeah um well i give him too much credit for (laughs) films like twins but like you know but like you know it's um you know and a lot of these film stars don't necessarily have that and i think there's in the case of jean-claude van damme who i want to sort of focus on a little bit Obviously, a lot of personal troubles
1: yeah, got him yeah. as
0: well, you know, mm. like he had a pretty bad cocaine addiction. Yeah. And I think at one time he was like in talks for a film and he wanted to be paid as much as Jim Carrey. Oh, was right. was like a huge, in the 90s was fucking, you know, yeah, yeah. 90s Jim Carrey was stratospheric, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is obviously not going to happen. Mm. And it shows the sort of extent of his ego. Yep. Co-caddled, probably. Yeah, and no, it, it probably didn't help. <laughs> and personal troubles, you know, and obviously that would have contributed to his decline as well. Mm. And it makes me want to sort of talk about a film, JCVD.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see it actually. Yeah, yeah.
0: I really like JCVD for lots of reasons. But firstly, like just aesthetically and narratively, at least on the face of it, it is very much a straight-to-DVD movie. Yeah. So it's shot. Very sort of like flat. It's very flat. Yeah, The colours are flat. The cinematography is pretty boring. <laughs> you know, it has the feel of a film that's been de- made by people that, as you say, are just coasting. Yes. It tends to be sort of like the, the dominant way which people approach straight <laughs> to DVD action films. It is a sort of very self-reflective piece about Jean-Claude Van Damme himself and his career. Yeah, so I think yeah. obviously it, it would have involved him a lot in the sort of like writing process and obviously the early stages of the construction of the film because it's a really sort of bizarrely heartfelt mediation not only on his career but the transition of that sort of experience from being like a household name to a straight to dvd action oh star. okay yeah so the conceit of the film I don't want to sort of spoil it because I really want you to watch it I'll lend it to you actually oh nice You yeah, take, yeah. take it with you cool um, for the drive back to Wales <laughs> and maybe you can sort of like set the mood with Hannah by watching it
1: oh yeah I'll surprise her yeah yeah, yeah just yeah. say this
0: film's great you'll love this yeah yeah
1: put it in the frozen two box <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. this isn't frozen shut up it is <laughs> um, basically it starts
0: with him and he's sort of besieged by personal issues and personal troubles he's yeah. running out of money I think he has to pay, pay like an equivalent of like child support for his kids and he can't afford it oh like
1: okay a past yeah.
0: doomed relationship
1: right yeah and when
0: he goes to the bank to try and draw money out or get a loan or something it has been a while since I've seen it the bank gets um, robbed oh. and it becomes like a a siege sort of situation. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And everyone that's around him, because of this sort of on-screen persona that obviously Jean-Claude Van Damme has cultivated over a long period of time, they're just just sort of counting their lucky stars. They can't believe if they're ever going to be in a situation like this, they're going to be the Jean-Claude Van Damme (laughs) who's going to kick all their asses and save the day. But of course, that's just not conducive to reality. (laughs) No, yeah. So Jean-Claude Van Damme is wrestling with his his sort of on-screen persona the way in which many people with sort of snobbish snobbish tastes just reject him immediately. Yeah. The way in which, like, sort of sweaty action film people sort of like sort of whack off over him, yeah. and thinking how brilliant he is, <laughs> and how they both of these sides of this sort of cultural sort of spectrum like superimpose their view on him, and how that's sort of. <laughs> Yeah. you know how he is sort of viewed and how he's expected to behave. Oh man! And it's just it's so it's so brilliantly done. There's a particular scene where he sat on a chair and he talks about his life and his career, and there's sort of the chair rises up, up, <laughs> up into the into the rafters, and it's like a film set. So it's almost like a trip, like meta, meta. Sort yeah, of thing. okay. And he yeah. talks with it really earnestly and really heartfelt about the mistakes he's made in his career and the person he used to be. In how he wants um, to be a better person.
1: Wow, okay, yeah, yeah.
0: I don't know, like, it's just great. And what I love so much about it is the commitment to that sort of straight-to-DVD aesthetic. Oh, okay, And the, yeah. the commitment to that straight-to-DVD narrative style. Mm, you know, that yeah. sort of narrative simplicity. The sort of simplicity that fans of Jean-Claude Van Damme put on him from right. the basis of just binging on all of his crappy <laughs> action films. Yeah. But it's excellent. Oh, really, right. really great movie. I mean, you know, I'm i almost sort of hesitant to sort of recommend it to lots of people because you know it's still got Jean-Claude Van Damme in it and it is a bit naff at points but I really really liked it and I think it's in the context of this discussion
1: that's perfect yeah yeah, and
0: as a sort of analysis of the journey Mm. and the way in which people perceive that journey yeah from sort of start middle and end it's one of the best oh
1: I man think. yeah i will definitely give that a watch sounds great yeah, yeah. did you I'll ever see
0: the unbearable weight of massive talent do you
1: know what? i was just thinking about that film yeah um it sounds very similar in terms of not necessarily a career retrospective but an analysis on the influence of an actor and an actor's style mm. on on the audience mm-hmm. and how they respond to that and mm. how they would treat someone like that and how they there's like a there'd be an expectation as to how they're going to behave in situations yeah, yeah. it sounds similar I'm not I've heard I haven't seen it but I've heard pretty mixed things about yeah, it
0: yeah I think JCVD does it better okay personally that's interesting. speaking yeah I think yeah. Uh, the, my problem with that film and the, the great strength of that film is Cage and Pascal's romance
1: it got taken over by that a little bit yeah it, was... it,
0: they are brilliant together mm. but I think it feels a lot more deliberate yeah okay and not quite as committed to these sort of aesthetical choices that JCVD is maybe JCVD is just sort of liberated by the fact it was obviously quite a low budget film
1: I yeah maybe yeah um, but yeah no Yeah, worth worth a pop <laughs> nice Um, yeah. I have quick little sort of almost game very quick so basically you got to pick a number between one to five, twice, and it will come up with a... I've got, like, a straight-to-DVD title generator that's okay. a very basic version of. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead. What one, one to five. Uh, four. Okay. So we've got tactical. <laughs> yeah. Good. And then again. Three. Tactical blast. <laughs> yeah, you could have had avenging latency, uh, metal colon deep star rising... Yeah, uh, nor- <laughs> nautical inhibitor
0: <laughs> these are all great yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you just
1: put five words twice and they've got to be kind of vaguely reminiscent you could take them from other films
0: tactical
1: blast <laughs> yeah 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 uh, anyway oh, I just God. thought I'd do that because some of the titles are just bafflingly hilarious and it speaks to that kind of Complacency thing. I was talking. They can't even bother to think of like a graceful title. Yeah, yeah. But then again, like you know, you have Die Hard and like Point Break. Like, what do that? What does that mean? It's yeah. the same kind of. It's thing. just lucky
0: that they're pretty good movies. Well, exactly. Die Hard, excellent movie. In the case yeah, of Die Hard yeah. and Point Break, pretty good
1: too. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah so. Pretty lucky in that case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tactical blast. Tactical blast. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if I ever release an autobiography. <laughs>
1: That'll be the there name There we go, tactical Not blast Not
0: there would be any reason for me to do so but <laughs> It might be worth just writing about my boring life Just to have that
1: <laughs> Tactical know, blast yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that uh, um, I thought you might enjoy that game Yeah, I enjoyed that very
0: much <laughs> Right then, so uh, let's do a tactical blast <laughs> yeah, <And> Of words <laughs> Of words, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And um, talk about expend four balls Yep My expectations going in weren't high. No. Because I've always sort of viewed the Expendables franchise as a sort of missed opportunity.
1: Mm, Okay. Given
0: that we've sort of talked about the sort of history of these action stars and the legacy a lot of these characters have, um, it always felt like a missed opportunity Yeah, um, because it was always so poorly executed. But at least the first two you know you could say there's a degree of competence there like and you can sort of see what they're trying to go for and the third one was really quite crap as well but the fourth one just takes it to a whole new level yeah yeah yeah. what are your sort of thoughts
1: yeah shit um (laughs) outro (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah it is pretty bad um i mean yeah what it's got two things going for it i think let's get these out of the way quickly Yeah, yeah um one, the stunt choreography is pretty interesting and quite, like I say, ball- balletic. Yeah. Uh, I think they got like Jackie Chan's people back in to do it, so fair play for that. They can't fault that. The cinematography doesn't do the stunts any favors. No, um, and two. What it kind of speaks to what we were saying earlier, at, from a enjoyment perspective, watching it, there were quite a few times where we just looked at each other in the cinema and started laughing. Yeah, and yeah. kind of like that, maybe not, might not have been intentional. It was usually because of like a bad visual effect shot, but like it has that appeal, I suppose, as to you know a, a collective viewing experience. It might be quite fun. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah. poke holes, at it you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's all I can think of. Like it was just. Yeah, just mediocre and like, no one was clearly no one was operating to a, to the sort of standard it re- that requires the the, the required standard right, to make a decent action film. Like nobody was bringing mm. any anything interesting or different. Yeah, pretty much across the board, apart mm. from the stunts.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the stunts were good. I mean, I think when you've got people like Ico Huey, Huey, sorry, you know, of Raid, Raid 2 fame, um, and Tony Yeah, you know, um, and, you know, Statham, you know, like, say what you will about Statham, but, I mean, the guy can fucking, you know, he can do martial arts. He carries
1: this film as well. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I mean, not a lot to carry. No. But he does, like, I think he's one of the more positive aspects of this film, actually. Yeah. Uh, his presence didn't annoy me, and it was yeah. I mean, he was effectively the main character, right? Yeah, he's
0: definitely been sort of pushed front and centre. Mm, um, yeah, but I think going on to sort of the, the sort of influence of Eastern Act and action stars, I think we've talked about this. Right, we did our John Wick episode. It's like yeah, what John Wick does really well is that it's sort of appropriately acknowledges the influence of eastern action cinema so much so there's a lot of eastern action cinema stars in the films and they get like great character moments and there's respect yeah whereas in these kinds of action films which is like one of the worst things about a lot of action cinema in general is that the more talented people it's even like like films like um Fast and Furious really bad for it as well. Like they get these actors involved who are clearly like the most sort of talented in this sort of field, mm. and they just use them as punching bags for like Western action stars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or relegate them to sort of absolutely cringeworthy caricatures to sort of try and clumsily placate a global audience. Okay, yeah. I think that's definitely the case with like Tony Jars' character. He was that character who was like, I cannot kill again because if yeah. I do, I might reawaken the act, the beast within or something. Oh, it's, like, that's right. Yeah. It's, like a, sort of like a really naff sort of like. Thing or well, this will the Asian market will eat this up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. Like, the stunt work is pretty, it's the only thing that elevates this film.
1: There's not enough of it
0: above uh, what is essentially a straight to DVD, yeah, fucking shit
1: Yeah, like so many different ways as well. Apart from that, again, the cast of the amount of famous people in it, you wouldn't get that cast in a that gets relegated to straight to DVD I don't think mm. or at least not initially the plan would at least for the, be for it to get theatrical release but but the budget as well you, you messaged me the other day I was just like I can't believe the budget for that film was a hundred million dollars it's
0: absolutely unbelievable yeah. I was so surprised but I mean a few people said 70 to 80 but the most consistent thing I could find was a hundred, number I could find was a hundred mil yeah and yeah. that Fucking blows my fucking mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, you, you know, your response regarding the creator, I mean...
1: Mm. Yeah, it was, It cost £20 million more than the creator, which looked, again, like, had its problems, but looked really good. Like, just looked extraordinary, and there was so much love and care and attention put into that film for less money than this. Yeah. And granted, the creator didn't have anything to... It, it wasn't relying on anything that had come previously, but still... For a budget that massive, you have gotta give it a bit of traction. <laughs>
0: yeah, something's something's got. A, it just, there's got to be like a standard. Mm. Like we've spoken about this before about like CG being like almost like a, a comforting blanket to like wrap audiences up in because audiences yeah. just expecting. it. Like yep. if you if you're gonna put a film through a theatrical release mm. with a budget of that size, I know. <laughs> CGI and the people behind it don't often get the credit they deserve when they do good because it's just an expectation. But it's like, I f- I'm sorry, but if you've got that much money behind it, you expect a level.
1: Yeah. You expect
0: yeah. a certain level of quality and it's just not there. No. It's, at points, it's like absolutely sort of immersion breaking. Like, yeah. I know that, you know, you, I didn't sort of go to watch Expendables for to be sort of immersed in the universe, <laughs> you know, but like, it literally, like, Pulls you out of whatever is happening. Yeah, completely. To such a degree. Mm. Like the use of like some of the location shots. It's not just like the action sequences. It's just like like even like the first couple of shots when they go into like Gaddafi's
1: sort of former chemical plant. And there's that sort (laughs) of
0: exterior location, exterior shot. And it's so clearly like a NAF green screen.
1: Yeah and like they try to hide it with heat haze, but that just makes it look worse Mm because heat haze is actually quite difficult to get right Yeah, it's like a gas in itself and I've tried to do it because you try to do it at work it's really difficult there's layers you have to put into it and I immediately like my kind of quality control brain was like that's not finished yeah (laughs) yeah yeah similar with uh, later on in the film large parts of the film take place on a Big boat, yeah. Uh, and there's a bit where a helicopter crashes into the sea, and I'm like, "There's fizzing. There's like you haven't rendered that properly." Mm. So that goes beyond just the whole, you know, the crunch time things. We've discussed this previously about, you know, crunch time and things like that with yeah external VFX companies. That goes beyond that. That's just that's actually a mistake.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. Your
1: st- everyone like you know going back to what I was saying earlier. Everyone is operating at, uh, with such complacency that clearly like it's so easy for these shots to get signed off. Like it's and it's a shame. Yeah <laughs> at the yeah. very least people are expecting it to be better and it has been quite widely criticised for for his visual effects. Yeah. Shame. I, guess, yeah. This, I mean
0: there's no defending it on that front I don't think. No. I, I, I the only thing I can think of is that a huge portion of the money went towards that cast. And even yeah. the cast has been criticised because like the whole point of expendables has been you know, it's about bringing these sort of old action stars together for like yeah. a, a sort of a final hurrah. Mm. Um, and in Expendables 3, they tried to inject new blood and they were fucking mostly shit.
1: Mm. <laughs> and,
0: um, you know, and at least like the second one, again, not a great movie, but like there's something just inherently like, if you're an action film fan, there's something inherently rewarding about seeing a scene that has like, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Chuck Norris, John yeah. Claude Van Damme, Dolph Lundgren, you know, all these people, Bruce Willis, yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. like, all these people that have, like, been sort of tentpole figures for the genre for such a long time mm. and are a reason why, for so much of the sort of nostalgia around action cinema, there's something in that irrespective of the quality of the movie. Yeah, yeah. But, like, here it's like, there's not many big old action stars in this. No. Like, it goes back to what you are saying about Rambo or the sort of last Rambo film doing, perform, sort of performing so badly. It's like that kind of nostalgia maybe just isn't sort of chiming with people anymore.
1: Yeah. Like no.
0: people want nostalgia 100%, but there is obviously like certain genres where it just isn't working as well mm, anymore. Yeah. And maybe that's why they only had... I mean, obviously Stallone, again, he's not in it very long. It's almost like he's like, fuck this.
1: Yeah, Even yeah. in his
0: eyes, he's like, no, I'm all right. But like Lundgren, obviously... Uh, i'm trying to think of like other oh, 50
1: Cent but decent but i mean he's not an he's not known star. for being an action no. star is he no i mean
0: he's not the worst thing about the film, by a no. he's not a particularly bad screen presence either, but it's no. like—he
1: doesn't get a lot to do, though. Neither no. does Dolph and His whole arc is kind of weird, like uh, it's
0: like embracing yeah. alcoholism. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a bit where he he's like fuck it and uh, falls off the wagon. Yeah, and that makes him a better killing machine. Yeah, you're like that's drinks. a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what are you doing? Don't write him like that. That's <laughs>
0: like no, that's not funny. Um, it's strange, isn't it? And then, again, it goes back to that sort of like view of morals like it's not mm. just about like you know the way in which uh, it's always makes me laugh like in films particularly like this they try and sort of add pathos to the characters by sort of having trying to consider what it is they do like Sylvester Stallone's always banging on about the way of life and how it's like you know you can't have friends or family because it is the life
1: yeah you,
0: you choose to lead and it's almost like trying to be sort of introspective about like mercenary work And being basically a borderline genocidal maniac, yeah. (laughs) But obviously, you can't walk that tightrope. You've got to commit. Like you can't do that. Like it's just not. It's not going to work. Like it didn't work for Equalizer Three, which is a far fucking better movie than this. Mm. Like it's not going to work for you either. There's also like a sort of really. I mean, the other films are sort of guilty of this, but there's something something so fucking pervy about
1: it. Oh my god! There's like a
0: veneer of just like it just gives the film the scent of like
1: just a lecherous bloke at the back of a pub sort yeah, of like yeah yeah always you know wearing I mean? leather coats yeah you know, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> like Megan Fox is in it and it's like obviously for a long time she was a massive sex symbol mm, yeah that was obviously a part of her you know, irrespective of her talent, which obviously she she's not a bad actress you no know? She, yeah, she um what? you know, but you're thinking of films like Transformers, do you remember that scene with her checking
1: the car, and yeah, it just spins around her, doesn't it, and goes like from her feet right up to her head and shows like everything in between, <laughs> yeah, 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 so she's had obviously a career of just being
0: mostly sexualized, yeah um and here it's no different, like she even though she's like one of the gang and that sort of and at one point the leader which feels like their naff attempt to sort of like bring the franchise to like a more modern sensibilities yeah but like <laughs> it's so like her role in the film is again really just to be something for
1: to be leered out yeah be leered at. there's a bit where she there's like a kind of pointless sex scene with her and Jason Statham And, like, her lying on the bed afterwards and they're chatting and it just kind of trains on that shot for far too long. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, There's a bit at the beginning where, and this is a really weird moment. This really took me out of it because uh, I remember, well, like, she's having an argument, isn't she, with Jason Statham? And she's being, like, a stereotypical nagging partner. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so that's her character in this then. But then she becomes one of the mercenaries immediately afterwards, and it's like, for a start, it's not a good way to kind of introduce your female characters by them go like being like, oh, "I don't like what you do," like you're doing everything. Yeah, She's yeah, like yeah. properly bellowing at him, which I, I thought maybe. Jason, maybe this isn't your cue to go to a strip club. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. You f- maybe you should sort this out. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a
0: masturbatory fantasy, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, sack off the lady when she's having a go at you. Yeah, you go to yeah. a strip go club to and get s- in a fight. Yeah. It's like,
1: oh. Duh, bad. Bad messages. <laughs> it's bad vibes. Sort of the same
0: sort of shallowness as the sort of bloke exploitation films, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. it's
1: sort of like... <laughs>
0: Encouraging the worst and most fanciful impulses of a hyper masculinity, mm, yeah, um, as some kind of fantasy, some sort of fantasist, yeah, sort of not a nightmare, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but you know, these sort of films, I think there's a there's a bloke exploitation element to straight to DVD action films I'd not actually considered.
1: That's true, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A different, a lot more Americanized. I think bloke exploitation. Tends to stay within the realm of exploitation. Yeah, yeah. shared <laughs> exploitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're you're totally you're totally right. Actually, um, yeah, b- b- bad use of Megan Fox. I think that they could have done that much differently. Yeah, <laughs> um, it didn't sit right with me. And it wasn't enjoyable to watch either. It's no. like eye, there's eye rolling involved yeah. in that
0: that's the thing is straight to DVD action action films can get away with that shit because nobody watches them apart from people that are sat there going yeah go on
1: Jagger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah go on yeah, stick exactly.
0: a knife in this guy's head even though whatever yeah. you know like no one cares no and I think that's sort of the issue like you know when when a film gets a theatrical release and there's obviously quite a lot of financial wallet behind it mm. like it does sort of create a certain sort of expectation in, yeah. that, in that department I think
1: yeah definitely yeah just it doesn't it doesn't mean you have to portray the genre tropes. No, you can still use those ideas, but just do it with a bit of like thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because you yeah, it can be done. Like I, I think uh, I think Die Hard Four is a really good film. <laughs> have you seen Die Hard Four? Yeah, 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 It's an example of that that kind of straight to DVD esque action idea, but done really well and done to a, a standard. I also. I think it's called it's called Die Hard 4.0, isn't it? Or yeah. in America, Die Harder, Die uh, Live Free or Die Hard. No, what's Die Harder? Die Hard, it's Die Hard Two, Die Harder. <laughs> I was thought like it's um, embarrassing. <laughs> I really want uh, when they bring out USB 4.0 in America. I really want it to be called Live Free or USB as a sort of weird <laughs> reference to Die Hard 4. They're not going to do it. No. Uh, well, maybe they will, and maybe I'll sue them. For, yeah stealing my idea upgrade the equipment (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah exactly yeah Yeah, yeah. (laughs) um i thought that the general set piece of it was kind of really badly thought out as well like the it so much of it took place on the boat yeah and it even the boat wasn't a real boat that was a green screen and that was obviously a green screen um so, and again, a hundred million. Like, do some globe trotting. Fast and Furious, you, you know, for all of its flaws, manages to do a lot of globe trotting. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of come to expect there to be a bit of a location change. Yeah, uh, yeah. That it never quite manages.
0: Yeah, like there's so many scenes of them just walking around it was clearly the same sets <laughs> yeah. over and over again, slightly
1: retooled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Moved a front half of a shipping container over there
0: (laughs) yeah yeah which is just so strange like i don't know yeah and it's like oh well the whole plan is is that we're gonna uh, drive this aircraft carrier well this boat that we've crudely transformed into an american aircraft carrier into a russian base or something with a nuke on it and blow it up and it will start world war Three. three yeah yeah and then the main baddie codename ocelot who's someone that's like this you know omnipresent yet unknowable enemy Mm. that no one can identify uh can profit from this war because apparently he's got lots of weapons he can sell yeah um you know very well trodden ground and and you know i think you could criticize that to high heaven but i think in the spirit of straight-to-DVD action films, that's always going to be the case. It's always going to be a, a, a derivative narrative. Yeah. Action films particularly will be, you know, very literal representations of the sort of, the big sort of uh, ideological battles of the era. Mm, yeah. And I think, obviously, the resurrection of the Russia-America thing. is yeah, prompted know, that. Yeah, it's prompted and that yeah. and it's brought it back. Um, but I do think that, yeah, like, as you said, the bigger problems with the movie are more to just to do with the fact that it it's leaning on tropes for a sort of style of films that usually are only watched by the kind of people that really don't care mm. and almost pride themselves on not caring about those things yeah and it yeah. gives the film a sort of a veneer of like like a sort of teenagery attitude to things like yeah Like, every teenager goes through that phase where they, like, discover they can push boundaries, so they say the worst things and feel clever for saying it. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what this film sort of feels like Mm. in the way the camera leers at, like, the the very sort of select group of female characters Mm. or the way the dialogue is always sort of, like, very disregarding of anything a woman says. Yeah. You know, it feels like that. And obviously maybe in the eyes of the writer it's like they're a big fuck you to like woke culture or something maybe yeah but in a way that it just ends up coming across like a sort of a teenager pushing boundaries with and there's sort of thoughtlessness under underneath why they're you know i mean like they're just saying things in a way and they think they're being clever there's that sort of thought process of thinking you're being clever or smart or
1: yeah but it's just slightly insulting and pointless and yeah but, yeah, but just being—it's just young. Yeah, smells like the knuckles of a fluffer. It's naivety, yeah, which is what this script feels like. <laughs> it's yeah, very yeah. naive and not really focused on trying to say anything. Ultimately,
0: which again isn't necessarily something you expect. Like no, action no. films, you I don't go to fucking watch an action film to get like an impactful message about something. Like I enjoy the cathartic experience of action cinema, and I've always adored action cinema. But yeah here it's particularly just it's, it's so noticeable on the basis of how shit everything else is <laughs> it really stands out I yeah, don't know. Like, yeah. you
1: know I also think that the ver- the title The Expendables I, I, do any of them even die uh, I don't think they do I think they all survive don't
0: they yeah Randy Couture gets stabbed doesn't he yes uh, but obviously he's not dead because he's when they drink at the bar and obviously when Stallone dies spoilers Comes, uh, yeah, comes he dies back. and he obviously was going to come back there was yeah. no way Sylvester Stallone going to allow himself to die in a movie no definitely not particularly a film that he has so much sort of sway in
1: they're not expendable then like I, and that was you know I guess a stupid gripe <laughs> but they're not they yeah, also, yeah. I don't know like yeah they're not they're not the sort of crew of the Nostromo are they no yeah yeah that's true um Oh yeah, uh, Dolph Lundgren's drinking milk at the end, so there's a kind of visual hint that he's back on the back on the wagon. Oh uh, yeah, uh, that again. I know I've talked about this already, but that's yeah, teenagery. So there's like, a bizarre
0: wouldn't... segue scene as well, where because um, Statham gets in sort of very spurious circumstances hmm. that make no sense in the context of the world that these sort of gomps have created. Uh, Stallone gets sacked from the team because he chooses to try and save. Stallone over ach- achieving the mission goals which are taking the, the detonators from Eco Waze's character who's the main villain of yeah the film, he disobeys the direct order doesn't he yeah. so by that by the logic of that he is expelled from the team and there's a, such a total lack of camaraderie in this film that none of them seem to care Yeah, despite yeah. the fact that being one of the central themes of the other films I mean again it's not done that well because like 75% of the people in that team can't act that well so it's like <laughs> you know it's like people pretending they like each other in the workplace basically yeah, but at least yeah. it's there whereas here there's none of that yeah and he ends up working as a security guy for an influencer oh god yeah i forgot that about that moment probably my least favorite scene of the year if, <laughs> yeah. I, I think if there's going to be like if we're going to talking about because i think we're going to do an end of year retrospective aren't we yes yeah that'll be one of the scenes i'll probably mention again because it's just like this sort of I don't know, like they're thinking like, they're going to be like critical about the state of contemporary society yeah. by having this sort of like vapid influencer, which obviously does exist to some extent, but it's like, again, through that lens of that teenage simplicity. Yeah, that yeah. It's like, drop this in. Yeah. yeah. Take that Gen Z. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> we're going to go then stare at Megan Fox's nipples for a bit. Do <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, okay.
1: It's bizarre. Oh, I forgot about that scene. Fuck. that was so shit. Um, and there's that like kind of weird pov bit of the the phone and like all the likes are coming out of that's like a really common trope in, oh yeah yeah there's also another bit in that which speaks to the film's laziness i think the influencers likes are meant to be going up
0: yeah, yeah. But, I remember you pointed this yeah. out
1: as we were watching the film. But there's there's a decimal point on the likes. So the likes are going up, but it's not. He's getting like 15.1, then 0.2, 0.3, 0.4. And I fe- I'm fucking know for a fact that in After Effects, there's a plug in which is like a count up timer. But it by it defaults to having a decimal point. i just know that someone couldn't be asked to change it. <laughs> There's like an expression to change it, and it's a bit complicated, and they're just, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Stallone's not here. No, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: They'll pass this.
0: It is interesting, isn't it? Because we talk about this idea of straight to DVD action films often like very literally aping elements of films or, you know, the sort of dominant or most popular genre of that period of time to mm. sort of maximize success but there's also like a very sort of like naff way in which they try and sort of navigate with contemporary issues that other films are doing as well Yeah, like they're trying to stay current or something you Mm, know what I mean like yeah yeah, that is a horrible scene so (laughs) fucking shit and it just offers nothing for the for the rest of the movie yeah Uh, yeah really strange
1: I gave like a kind of free AI kind of chat bot the like a very basic prompt which was Expendables 5 plot So I'm going to just read it out. Please do, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. This could change my whole opinion on AI. (laughs) (laughs) All right, um, so this is what it came up with. The highly anticipated fifth instalment of the Expendables franchise is set to be released soon. The movie will bring together Hollywood action icons Sylvester Stallone and Jason Statham as they seek to take down a new and dangerous threat. The movie promises to deliver plenty of explosive action with plenty of ships being blown up in the process. <laughs> uh, audience, all, audiences can also expect to see some of the biggest names in action cinema, with the likes of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Dolph Lundgren also appearing in the movie. With the movie set to be released soon, fans of the franchise are eagerly waiting for more explosive action, and the team of Expendables won't disappoint. So, I think I told it to give me a kind of uh, advertising line for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, I mean, there we go. I, it wouldn't surprise me if they do make another one. I don't think they will because of the like it hasn't made much money. This we
0: call it Tactical Blast. Yeah, yeah, that'd be much Expendables better. Expendables Five <laughs> Tactical Blast.
1: Yeah. I did also ask it to write me a poem about Expendables Four, and this is what it came up with: uh, <laughs> the, the <break>. action, <laughs> the action is explosive, daring, and deep. But he has promises to keep. Oh. Tormented with nightmares, he never sleeps. Revenge is a promise Stallone should keep. Oh wow! Thank you, thank you AI chatbot. Thank you AI. Well,
0: I, my uh, my, I'm you know, I don't know what those people in the Sagafra strikes are worried about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this beautiful. is this is it now. Cultural evolution.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had to sort of fight back tears when I read that the first time. <laughs> yeah, really, and over the keys, really you know? special. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hollywood, give it to AI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know why I did that. To be honest, I was just like, I need some. <laughs> I need a way of making the chat about Expendables 4 slightly more enriching and interesting. Yeah, <laughs> so I yeah, like, yeah. No, I yeah, do let's... wonder.
0: <laughs> like, obviously, like, you know, the, the next film is pretty obvious what the next film's going to be, right? Gonna, yeah, that yeah. means we're going to be talking about Scorsese and everything. And, yes, yeah, yeah. And it's strange that the predecessor to that discussion <laughs> is us just talking about yeah. this film. It's yeah. interesting to know, going back to what you said quite near the beginning of the, the episode, where you were talk- asking questions about reasons as to why this sort of bizarre little sort of cluster of films are so popular yeah yeah. no one else was laughing in the cinema with us
1: no no they weren't I mean there was only
0: about seven or eight other men in there (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) but none of them were laughing when we were laughing no they weren't actually Um, we were maybe maybe we were those annoying snob sort of shit eating little snobs that sit and go (laughs) yeah
1: this is awful
0: look at this Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah in their eyes, we were the twats.
1: Yeah, they just wanted to have a nice, nice Wednesday evening. Yeah, evening. Tuesday evening, Yeah, yeah, it was a Tuesday evening. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, there was a walkout though. Did you see? What's that? Two two people left and never came back. So, oh okay, I don't know what they were expecting. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. that. Maybe it was the VFX that did it. Maybe they were like, "Oh, but that fire over there is a different colour to the real fire in the foreground. I'm out. <laughs> 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 Come on, love." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That fire wasn't very good. <laughs> if yeah. you
0: were there and listening, please, please contact us. Yeah, get in let touch. Us know what what it was that pushed you over the edge. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shit, mm. not shit good film. Don't watch it. No, give it a miss. There's not. It isn't really. It genuinely isn't worth your time. I don't. Think. No, no. Mm. Unless
0: you're of the persuasion of straight to DVD action films, mm. uh, or you know, you have a enthusiasm for action cinema that can. Help you stomach even the worst examples. I really don't see, and that's probably part of the reason why it's sort of fallen apart so mm. quickly in the box office. It's set to lose quite a lot of money.
1: Yeah, it is, yeah. And I
0: think, yeah, I think it boils down to that sort of idea we were saying before like the attitude for that kind of
1: movie just isn't there anymore. No, and it's been a really long time since the third one. I think a lot of people forgot this franchise existed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's been like, what, seven, eight years? So, um yeah, odd. No, yeah, odd. Bad oh. movie.
0: Bad movie. Bad film.
1: Yeah. Bad movie. Hmm.
0: Right. Outro?
1: Yeah. Questing the cinematic noise.
0: There we have it. Then. Then. There we have it then. Yeah. I've sort of enjoyed that conversation more than I was expecting to. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It's funny. We really mind action cinema a lot in Soda Cine Boys' the Cinema because we've talked about many different facets of it from like political ideology in the canon film yeah. uh, podcast to like the. Uh, East and West and action film comparison John in Wick. John Wick. Yeah, yeah. Now to Bargain Bin. Bargain Bin <laughs> action films. Yeah. I wonder I, if, it's so strange that, to me that that phenomena is sort of die, is dead. Like, I remember just going into like Blockbuster and just looking. Yeah. And you know, you'd always have like a, a sort of metal mesh bin. Yeah. And <laughs> it'd just be full of all those titles. And I used to think, fuck, I, even like really young, I was already aware of like. The idea that these films were shit before yeah. I even really watched many of them, and I just remember thinking, like, who makes these? Yeah, know, and yeah, who watches them? You yeah, know? I know, But and yet that bin is always full. Yeah, yeah. It's all... almost the same sort of logic between like uh, like Danielle Steel books in like charity shops. <laughs> yeah, Do you know what I mean, yeah, it's like yeah, or like uh, Rags to Richie by Shane Richie. <laughs> you know I mean, like, uh, yeah, he wrote it. I know. And uh, people keep reading it because it's obviously in circulation. Yeah,
1: you know? no. I mean, it's yeah, it's been. It, it, it was published just as the yeah. dvds were made and someone got hired to make the case and like they bought the barcode and yeah like, you know there's probably an all right transfer process going yeah. on um this podcast is sponsored by rags to richie <laughs> <yeah. laughs> <laughs> um i used to when i we go on holiday in, uh, to like um the kind of coastal wales every year and there's a Shop in a little town called Abereron, which basically is like a. It's now called the one pound twenty plus shop. and uh, right. Yeah, because they they realised that they weren't making any money. I guess inflation. <laughs> so everything be on it. All it means now is everything is a minimum of one pound twenty. Right. Okay. <laughs> but uh, there used to be a section down uh, in the basement next to like all the fishing equipment. Uh, and you know what those shops are like? They're like NAF, yeah, yeah. like bike clocks that will a break after of, a week, yeah, you know, that yeah, kind of stuff. And there was always bargain bin action, like bargain bin action films uh, next to the fishing DVDs, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's gone. Like the other, the, a couple of years ago, I was like, you know, I think it was raining, but I was like, let's go to Aberaeron and I'd go, and they weren't there. I was so gutted. I God, know, even those go. kinds of shops are like turning tail. Yeah, they knew they cowards. Were, yeah, absolutely. You're cowards. listening. You're fucking cowards. Bring it back. Yeah,
0: please. <laughs> For Ben's sake, Please. if anything. Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, Yeah, I remember digging, Delve in Falmouth was sort of similar vibe. Is that yeah. sort of similar? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. so like Brick by the black, dildos. Yeah. was a pretty exhaustive... Uh, yeah, a lot of dildos in that show. Yeah, dildos on one shelf and the shelf below was just loads of DVDs. A lot of good films as well, but yeah, yeah. a pretty exhaustive roster of shit action films. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that about physical media I don't want to get too much into it because this is supposed to be an outro and you probably you know, you've got better things to do listen to me going oh physical media <laughs> but like you know that's the beauty of it right there that's yeah, the beauty yeah. that is something that no d- amount of digitising
1: can do no absolutely not there's something special never never can be replicated no. I don't think um, um yeah but uh Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: next week, well, not quite next week. Mm. Uh, we're going to be taking a week hiatus. Mm. Uh, I uh, for, for any listeners that are Greek, uh <laughs> I don't think You'll they're be ready. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be in Greece. I'll be in Kefalonia. So if you want to meet one half of your favorite podcasting duo, um, <laughs> I think after looking at the Spotify figures, which I don't do <laughs> as much anymore, <laughs> but uh, I know Greeks. Uh, so maybe this anyway. is an opportunity for some grassroots marketing. I think so. Yeah. I might yeah, just yeah. like walk up on a hill overlooking kefalonia with a megaphone like 3am and just scream cinder boys to cinnamon for like six hours
1: (laughs) that's that's what i'm gonna do make the local news you know as i'm
0: getting carted away by police i'll scream it (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. um but uh, yeah so we're gonna be away for a week for that reason uh but we are going to be covering killers of the flower moon that's right yeah a film. We've both been looking forward to a real great deal.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, the trailer looks pretty great. Yep. Early buzz is really strong, mm. uh, particularly around DiCaprio. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, really excited about that. And of course, that'll prompt a discussion about the big man himself. Mm. We will refrain from talking about his most famous films, I think, because I think we've talked about them enough in previous episodes. And I think the last thing you want to do is hear us talk about them. So, we might pick out a couple of his lesser known
1: gems. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Because he has many, and uh, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to that discussion as a whole, and it'd be really nice to sort of wash our hands of this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Even <laughs> though I do have, a, there's a big place in my heart for straight to DVD stuff, but I mean, you know, it's stuff like Scorsese's what you come, you know, it's what you watch films for, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, perhaps it's good. unfair to put them in the same context. Actually, <laughs> but, yeah. So that will be not next week, but the week after. Yes, I might try and watch it in Greece
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: the people I'm going on holiday with think about that
1: let us us know what the experience is like yeah yeah. watch it with three and a half hour movie with Greek subtitles (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'll do
0: that yeah as long as it's not like dubbed obviously I'm not going to do it but yeah, I don't want to hear another language
1: (laughs) certainly not no (laughs) absolutely not
0: right in the meantime enjoy this episode yes and uh, we'll catch you in the next one
1: see you then lots of love Bye -bye. bye
0: bye